Welcome to the Dublin Arsenal Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jonathan Giles. On the show today, we'll be reviewing our 5-0 trashing of Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace side yesterday at the Emirates Stadium. So sit back and enjoy the show. Next week, we'll be doing a special show on our all-time best Premier League eleven from 1992 to the present day. So hopefully you can join us for that. Um, on the show today, I'm joined by my regular guests and fresh from the Emirates yesterday, uh, Eamon Donnelly, how are you? Looking fresh face as always. Uh, evening, Jonathan. Evening, Matt. I'm looking forward to Ski Sunday there and uh, Songs of Prize later there, Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, we got a couple of back, okay. Um, all good. Good to have you on, Eamon, as always. And I'm also joined by Matt Bourne. Welcome back, Matt. And fresh from the Emirates yourself, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Not too bad. Always nice to go over and see a, see a nice 5-0, you know. If it, had been, if it had been nine, we'd have gone into second. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask for everything, Matt. I'll take 5-0, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, both Eamon and Matt were at the Emirates yesterday and what was it? A cracking start. Um, a storm Isha batters Ireland. We certainly battered Crystal Palace yesterday 5-0. Um, we kick on with our review from yesterday's game. That's 5-0 um, at home against Palace after the uh, little Premier League reset. Um, Gabrielle got two. I know one of them was going to go down as a Henderson OG, but I think we'll give Gabrielle the two goals, I think. Uh, Trossard scored a Brilliant tours and Martinelli, who came on as a sub, got two very took two very well taken goals, um, to see it a five 0 against Palace, um, it leaves us with twenty one played, forty two scored, twenty conceded, and forty three points, which leaves us toward, uh, Liverpool are top, and as we're recording this at four o'clock on Sunday, Liverpool play. Bournemouth away today, so hopefully Bournemouth might do us a bit of a favour. Um, they're top of 45 points and City are second with 43. With our next fixture against Nottingham Forest on Tuesday the 30 to January at half seven um, on TNT Sports. Um, to the action yesterday, lads, our first goal, I thought it was a superb corner kick from Declan Rice for Gabrielle's first. He rose really well ahead of Richards to Crystal Palace defender. And that was Gabrielle's fourth goal at the Emirates since August 22, which I think is, was Fulham, I think, in that 2-1 victory, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a poor clearance by David Rea when it was still 1-0. It was pounced on quite quickly by Lerma, but in fairness to Rea, he saved really well from the first-time volley. And I thought from that moment on, I thought Rea composed himself really well. Jordan Match, you know, he got that kind of out system. I thought he had a pretty decent game. Um, great second uh, delivery from Saka for the corner for our second goal. Uh, Gabrielle at the back post, powerful header, and went in off Henderson. I thought it was really our set pieces are really working well this season. I think we're, we've got the most goals from set pieces in the Premier League. So the new set piece coach doing his job well. Um, for the third goal of poor Palace corner, David Ray caught it. Quick reactions to send Jesus down the left and um, a superb ball into the box for Trossard to 
um, put Klein on his backside. <laughs> Very similar to um, Jesus' goal against United, where Dallow is still sliding. I think Klein is still sliding. <laughs> and he took his goal really well. He buried it past Henderson. I think that's his fourth goal in 10 games for Trossard. So good to see him back on the scoring uh, charts again. Um, a 3 0, Eze had a free kick well saved by Raya. I thought Eze was probably Panis's best player. I thought on the day, and it was his mistake that led to uh, Martinelli uh, to get our fourth. Um, I thought it was really good through ball from Eddie and Ketty. So Martinelli, and it was kind of like an Henri Aubameyang type finish, you know, cornered into Henderson's um, left hand post. And then I thought Jorginho then a superb ball to pick out Martinelli who does sports down the wing and um, he was just took his goal really well and I see a really good performance I thought yesterday kind of like a first day of the season performance again I thought you know really good tempo looked fresh um, I think the reset was really needed as we were saying a couple of weeks ago and back to winning ways again after um, back to back defeats against West Ham and Fulham. I'll come to you, Eamon. You were at the match yesterday. A better view than I had from watching on the box. Um, your take on yesterday's match? Yeah, well, strangely enough, um, Matt and I didn't know we were going to be doing the show today, but we we were able to spend a half an hour kind of picking the bones out of the game over a beer after the game, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was on an earlier flight than Matt, but we, we, we got a chance to speak um, just as two fans rather than podcast people, you know, and uh, I think we were fairly synergized with our view. Um, the first thing I noticed after two, three minutes, I was encouraged because Saliba and Gabriel were only taking two and three touches on the ball before moving it. And I've been saying on this show ad nauseum, if they're taking eight and nine touches, it means there's not enough happening in front of them or else we're not doing things quickly enough. So that gave me a bit of encouragement to start with. Declan was slightly different. Declan was taking eight, nine touches on the ball, but he was driving forward with it. It wasn't kind of a step here and a step there, and I'm looking here and I'm looking there. I think uh, I, I, I think they went with a plan that when Declan got the ball, he was going to try and make ground with it and, you know, uh, and get the ball into opposition territory. So that was encouraging. Zinchenko was taking less touches. You know, Zinchenko has come in for a lot of criticism um, over how he's slowing the play down a lot. He moved into the middle of the park, and again, he was moving the ball uh, quickly. So that was good. So we scored from uh, a couple of corners. But I tell you what now, um, <laughs> you know, um, it's funny because when Declan Rice went out to take the first corner, I actually said to uh, a pal of ours, um, Ray Connor, beside me, um, I said, what's a six foot two guy taking a corner for, <laughs> you know? And uh, the next thing was, he took a corner and we score. But there was a, a few things I noticed about all of our corners. They were a totally different shape than the corners that we've been taking up to now. In that, um, we always favour in-swingers but we were going deep and beyond the goalkeeper with them. And then there was one or two times after that, we went for that near post one to mix it up a bit. And I like that. Yeah. And I think that instructs me that a lot of work was done in this, right? Because that near post corner is a very, very dangerous weapon. 
but it's very hard to land. If you think about it, if you're standing at a corner flag and you want to hit that near pop zone, it's so easy to undercook. And then you get, oh, you have to beat the first man. And if you overcook it, it's into the goalkeeper's arms. So we went with a different ploy yesterday. The second thing I noticed was Gabrielle would have stabbed his own grandmother to get at those balls. Yeah. Right? Now, you, you, you cast your mind back to the game against Liverpool when he left one for Saka, where if he had thrown himself at it the way he did yesterday, we were going 1-0 up. He absolutely had it in his mind. Him and nobody else was getting that ball. Now, I was standing beside um, Matt, and the first thing I said when the first goal went in, let's wait for VAR here. I think he's probably... But when I look back, he didn't. He just propelled himself in such a way um, he didn't take any leverage after the fact. He just decided, I and nobody else is winning this ball. It was a brilliant goal. Um, so, yeah. so, so that was the first thing. So I'd imagine that a Stewart's inquiry has been done on set pieces in general because while we are the top scorers from set pieces, they'd, slow, they'd dried up a bit recently and we'd started to concede goals from set pieces. So I'd say a bit of work was done on that. The other thing I noticed was we tried to win the ball a lot quicker, win it back. Um, and uh, and we did that. Um, a couple of other things. Bukayo Saka didn't have his best day. Um, it didn't really happen for him. He got clumped as usual early on, um, and he was holding his holding his leg. And but his defensive work was really really impressive. In that the amount of times when it's not gone for you, the best thing you can do is roll up your sleeves and do the hard work. And that's what he did yesterday, right? So. His normal kind of cavalier stuff wasn't really coming off, but he did loads of work for his uh, with Ben right uh, Ben White down that side. Uh, Kai Havertz uh, and himself actually spent a lot of time switching positions where uh, Saka ended up in the middle and Havertz out on the right. And I like that. At least it shows me we're trying to do something different to open up teams. I thought Havertz was um, was exceptional yesterday. Good to see Smith Rowe coming on. He looks fit. I'm not buying all the rumors about loans and all that. Uh, he looked fit to me. Um, uh, Eddie did well when he came on. Um, Martinelli. I, I tell you what was very instructive about Martinelli when I watched the goals back today. Um, the first goal he barely celebrated. It was almost as if he was angry at having been dropped. I like that. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, yeah. But the second goal that he got. He really kind of celebrated as much to say, there's a bit of feel good coming back here. Yeah. You know, and I think that was good. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about is um, is the crowd. Um, I, I, I know you texted me last night and said it looked to be a cracking atmosphere. It wasn't. It was, um, these half 12 games are a bit of a, they're a bit of a hard ask for the crowd because nobody's had a chance to kind of loosen up before the match and all of that. But, it was a cautious crowd, and I'd reference, Matt would probably know this, there's three lads I talked to, I've been talking to for years, they're season ticket holders, um, over there, they go home and away, and they stand up at the bar mat there, you, 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 know, you know the crowd, up at, up at the jukebox in the King's Head, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the three of them are actually called Steve, there's three <laughs> Steve's, the three Steve's, right? And there's one Steve that's an eternal <laughs> optimist, oh, we win 5-0 today, there's another Steve that um, is really, really supportive of the club and uh, they're all supportive of the club and kind of tries to see the best in it. And there's one that's kind of in between. 
the optimistic Steve yesterday before the game was down in his boots because he still hadn't got over the fact that we'd lost a couple of games in a row and, and all of that. And I think that kind of was in the crowd yesterday. We were all a wee bit worried, you know. Um, what brought the crowd to life was um, the third goal. Because only if you were where Matt and I were, which was in the clock end behind David Raya. I know he threw a great ball out to Gabriel Jesus. I'm telling you, Peyton, <coughs> Peyton Manning or Tom Brady would have been proud of that. It was a catapult he threw out right into his run. There you go. In one pass, Pallister turned inside out, you know. Um, I think Raya did well yesterday. I don't really blame him for the one he kind of shanked because I don't think Saliba should have put him in that position. And that's the last thing I want to say. I'm all for, I'm all for playing out and beating the press. And we did it very well yesterday, right? But um, you don't have to deal with 100 times out of 100. And that was the time, uh, and Saliba did it a couple of times in the second half. Sometimes when you're cornered, you've just got to put the ball behind the opposition like they do in rugby and let everybody turn around and reset. You know, I think Saliba played right into a bit of trouble at that, at, at that point. And all he could do was take a swing at it. And uh, that didn't go very well, but he, at least he couldn't recover it. So, you know, we were brilliant yesterday. Um, but we were, what's the word? we were purposeful, is the word I'd use. There was a purpose about what we did. And we looked like a, a team that was a bit stung by criticism recently. And from that point of view, it was a great day, good day out. And, um, you know, very, very, very pleased with that. I did say, um, one of these days we'll put seven or eight up on somebody. And yesterday could have been that day. Without was being having to be electric, you know. Um Palace were poor. Um and they, they had protests going on about their ownership. And when that kind of toxic stuff, I've been at Palace many, many times, never toxic, but yesterday I was talking to a few Palace lads from uh, RG on the way home, and they were saying that. The fans are fighting amongst themselves, you know, and that's not good. Mm. So that's my experience of yesterday, lads. Yeah, I think I think definitely the loss of <coughs> Zaha is definitely having an effect on Palace. They look very deflated. It could possibly will be Roy Hodgson's last in for Palace, I think, if you, even if he makes it to the end of the season. Yeah, they're on a poor run, but we took advantage of that in fairness to us and we looked really fresh. Um, I, I was really pleased with um, Gabriel Jesus. Looked really fresh yesterday, you know, moving the, the back line, Palace back line around. Um, Matt, you were also at the match um, beside Eamon there, as he said. Um, it's the second time we've won 5 0 this season. Uh, the last time was Sheffield United. Um, what was your take on yesterday's match? Yeah, pretty much the same as Eamon. I, I don't disagree with Eamon very much. Maybe I should sometimes, but um, he, yeah, look, everything Eamon said was spot on, absolutely spot on. Uh, I think the first conversation we had, Eamon, in the pub after the game was about Havertz, and uh, he was exceptional. You know, I, I find myself watching players, watching individual players, just to see, because, you know, he's had a lot of criticism, and we still, I, I still don't know if we know what his actual position is and what he's best at, but what he did yesterday was excellent. Really, really good. Um, he held the ball up beautifully. He laid the ball off beautifully. You know, uh, he didn't get he didn't get knocked off the ball at all. I think I'm sure he had 100 uh, percent success in in passes and everything else. You know, he was really, really good. So delighted to see that. 
Um, uh, I think what really delighted me as well was, that, like Heyman uh, said about the uh, the corners, you know, Declan Rice's corner was, I looked at it again a couple of times this morning, it was exceptional. It was an absolutely beautiful outswinger, perfection, you know. And my first impression when Gabriel jumped up there, I thought he climbed. Yeah. I actually thought he climbed. And I thought, oh, VAR are going to look at this. Here we go again. Uh, but uh, looking at it since then, like Eamon said, uh, he, nobody else has win that ball. If you remember uh, a couple of years ago, Ronaldo uh, did this jump uh, at a match. And he jumped about six feet higher than the guy who jumped beside him. And it was that kind of determination from Gabriel. You know, he's, he's such a passionate player. He's absolutely exceptional. And nobody else was taking that ball off his head, you know. And when you look at the, the second goal, which unfortunately has been chalked down as an own goal, but we give it to him. Uh, he had another opportunity uh, with a header. And he was furious with himself. Absolutely furious with himself uh, when he put it wide. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. I thought, uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a critic of Raya. But um, I, I'm just a Ramsdale guy, you know. I've always been a Ramsdale guy. I think he gives something more to the squad. I think he gives more of a passion in the squad. I think we kind of missed that a lot. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I can't, I, I, but I can't fault Ray yesterday. You know, if you remember uh, a couple of occasions last season, Ramsdale would kick out a similar ball to what Raya did and gave away a couple of goals. But Ray kicked it out yesterday and he was back in position to make sure it didn't go back in the net after, you know. Uh, his distribution was fabulous for that goal. Um, he, his distribution overall was very, very good. Uh, I thought uh, Trossard held his run beautifully uh, to score that goal. You know, there was always, I think it went to VAR as well. They all do anyway. But How's that goal to VAR? I watched that this morning. He was miles on side. He was, he was, yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, he was. But they look, VR look at everything, yeah. But he held his run up beautifully. Yeah. Really good. And, uh, you know, fabulous finish as well. So that was fantastic to see. Um, I think uh, even after that goal, uh, Gabriel went straight over to Raya to congratulate him, you know. And uh, that was really, really good to see. You know, uh, Raya doesn't have the same presence, I suppose, as Ramsdale when it comes to, uh, you know, interacting with the fans and, uh, getting too passionate about anything, but it was great to see that that he, you know, that he got the the credit where credit was due. So no, very good to see it. Um, the atmosphere overall, uh, like Eamon said, it just felt flat. I don't know what it is. It just it wasn't the same feeling around the stadium. You know, the the club tried to get everybody to bring their scarves and you know uh, hold them out, and where we were standing, a big flag came down to start of the game and everything else. Um, but it just seemed a bit flat. I don't know if it's because of the few results. I don't know if it's a bit of pettiness with fans expecting more, you know, um, when, you know, we've had so, so many good times over the last couple of years with, uh, with results and in a title fight and get back into the Champions League and everything else. But it did feel very flat. And, you know, obviously by the time Martinelli got his two goals in injury time, um, the stadium was well on the way to clearing out as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, no, I didn't. I didn't really even notice that because you know, as a as an Arsenal fan who would never leave early, <laughs> uh, like, Matt, like Matt, Matt, just on that, just on that, I was thinking about that this morning. I didn't notice it either. But when Martinetti got his two goals, I yeah. felt that a bit of the fizz came back into the stadium. 
that people were saying it was a bit of a turning point that we went and did that in injury time. You know, I, I felt I felt the stadium really kind of came up when that happened. You know, and you know what the tree, uh, you know, we're training up at that stage, and the the atmosphere was still very flat. And I, I suppose in a, in a way, the five nil, uh, you know, uh, doesn't really. Tell this. We tell the story of the game. We were we were much better than Palace. Don't get me wrong. We were much much yeah. better than. Yeah, pretty uh, Palace. But we've played much better, and you know you could go out against a Palace side and play our very very best and beat them seven or eight nil comfortably. I just think at three nil it felt like oh, it's a nice three nil victory against Palace. It's a comfortable. You know, it's Arsenal beat Palace comfortably or Arsenal trash Palace. You know, within within the blink of an eye, when Martinelli gets his two goals, you know. Yeah. So I was delighted to see Martinelli scoring the goals. I think he did. As soon as he scored the first one, you thought of Thierry Henry straight away. And I just just wrote something down there, Johnson. Don't ever compare Henry to a Bamiyang. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I had his moments of Bamiyang when he scored a few nices as well. You know. I, I thought, do you think, Matt? Sorry for coming across you. Yeah. Do you think, as Eamon said earlier on, do you think that was a nudge by Martinelli scoring twice to give Arteta, you know, I want to, I want to be starting games? I, I felt, I felt for a while that Martinelli, you know, I, I've said it before on the podcast. Martinelli has so much to his game. Yeah, he's got so much. He's got speed. He's got skill. He's got everything. But his final ball is always terrible. And even before we scored, before he scored the two goals. Uh, he had done that thing again where he ran inside and got all the way to the nearly to the goalkeeper and then didn't put the proper pass in. Now it doesn't work all the time. He doesn't do it all the time, but he does it an awful lot. Do you I, think he overthinks it, Matt? Do you think that's what it is? Or He does overthink it, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's no harm for a player to have that bit of competition. A Trossard does not have what Martinelli has for cutting inside and for, you know, the skill element. Trossard yeah. doesn't. But uh, Trossard gives you gives you something else. He'll yeah. give you he'll give you more goals. He'll give you a different perspective on the game. But I think the the two balls that went through to Martinelli to score his two goals yesterday from uh, Eddie and uh, Jorginho, uh, you know, he came onto them determined to score. He was absolutely. Can I yeah. just come in there because we were having we we're actually it might have been with yourself, Matt, uh, before the game. We were having this conversation about Martinelli, and yeah. um, I, I think one of the big problems that Martinelli has this year is that Granite Jacket isn't on the pitch, yeah. right? Because, and the point I was trying to make was that a lot of the time Martinelli has received the ball this season, mm. he's been out hugging the touchline with a double up on him because we're not getting it to him quickly enough. Whereas yeah. Granite Jacket was able to push it out to him out wide or give him the eyebrows and go on the inside channel. Well, that right? happened a couple of times yesterday, I mean, as well. That's how we got his two goals, because Jorginho yeah. put it down to him on the inside channel and um, Eddie Nketiah put it down on the inside channel. And he got his two goals, you know? Yeah. And I just think we got, uh, Martinelli's been suffering a small bit from the type of ball that he's been getting has been too slow to come to him because of all the touches that were taken at the back and all of that. And by the time he gets it, so, you know, yeah. um, Mar Mar Martinelli is, Martinelli's going to be a worldly. He's, he's 22 years of age and he's already terrific. Um, and I, I agree with Matt, his final ball isn't always great, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a dangerous player who 
gives a bad final ball three or four times if he's that dangerous because he, he'll get some of them right, <laughs> you know. And uh, I just think that he's been missing what Granite Zaka gave us. Um, and we've got to find different ways of, of getting that. Uh, Eddie's ball yesterday surprised me. Mm. It was very perceptive. Yeah, it was. Very, yeah. very perceptive, you know. Jorginho's doesn't. I love Jorginho. <laughs> I, I just wish Jorginho had never played for a National Front FC because, do you know what? He looks like a player that was made for our club. Uh, I want to blot his the first 30 years of his life out of my mental history. But um, he looks like an Arsenal player. And I love watching him. And, yeah. uh, and, and when he comes on, do you know what? He never moans about the fact that he doesn't start. He yeah. just comes on and just, well, what am I going to be today? I'm going to be Jorginho. He gives us enough. He gives us enough a, a different dimension to the game when he comes on. He's a very, very solid player. Uh, like every player, he, he, you know, he made a mistake against Tottenham to give away a goal, but he was desperate. He was desperately sorry about that, and he's a very good connection even online with the Arsenal fans. And he's like yeah. you say, and I was about to say it as you were saying it. Uh, he gives out about nothing. And that's great to see, you know. He is. He knows he's only a squad player. He knows he's not going to be playing week in, week out. But when he does come in, he comes in with passion. And he gives it all every game, you know. There was one, in, there was one incident I saw yesterday, right? And uh, so, if the listeners can imagine. So, we're 18 rows back behind the clock end goal. Great. It's great. I, I, love, I love standing there with it. It's great. great place to yeah, watch it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's and, a great view, yeah. But there was one ball that came out to Jorginho, right? And I think he was going to have a whack at it. And then realised he wasn't quite going to make that. Right? And then realised if he doesn't make it, he's going to get turned around and he's going to give away a goal a la Tottenham. And what he did was, he just shanked it up in the air. And I thought, well, there's a fella who's still hoarding about that goal. Because whatever happens... I'm just like as Jorginho always tries to play a sensible pass, but this time he, everybody said, "What's he doing?" But I think had he been turned over in possession that time, we were in trouble. So he just decided, and I, I love that. I, lo- I love watching him. He's a, he's a, he's a credit to himself in the yep. way he's handled himself in the year he's been with us. You know, yeah. I think it was a very clever signing. You know, what? without the, the experience he brings, you know, and keeps the lads grounded. You know. No, and isn't it, isn't it strange the way, you know, you bring a player like Jorginho in who, give, who gives you what he gives you, but, you know, everybody is giving out about Havertz, about uh, the transfer fee. And listen, I'm not, I am not sold completely on Havertz yet, but what I, what I have noticed is a uh, fabulous improvement in his game, in his distribution, in his holding up. You know, he's not getting into the, he's not getting into goal-scoring positions. I don't know if he seems to maybe panic a little bit while he's in there and the opportunity is there, whatever else. And like not, uh, my brother-in-law was there uh, was uh, there yesterday as well. And he said to me, um, you know, uh, how we can't really judge him because he scored a few goals, but one went in off his face, one went in off his knee, you know, <laughs> in off his arms, you know. So we can't really judge him yet in that. But we need him to, you know, maybe if he if he gets a couple of decent goals, he'll be able to push forward properly and he, well yeah. yesterday Matt yesterday Matt I think I mean without even saying that to each other yeah. he really looked like a player yesterday yeah he did 100% he was he was gliding across the grass he looked like a confident player it, it, it was almost as, as if somebody spent a week in Dubai filling, filling him with confidence yeah yeah, yeah I agree with you yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I think Palace were the perfect team 
to be playing from that little reset, you know, like you could see from the start, the, the, the players wanted to give the fans something back, you know, after the poor performances against Liverpool, Fulham and West Ham over the last few weeks, you know, um, uh, you know, it's, I, I thought, as Amy says at the start, when Smith Rowe came on, he's, he's looking very athletic, isn't he? He's looking very athletic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. Like, I mean, he's he's really in a tough position there where, yeah. you know, he doesn't know where his career is going at the moment. And But we haven't seen anything come out in the papers or social media or anything else from him to say he's unhappy, you know. Uh, he he just seems, he seems to know. And, you know, we all speculate about the reasons why he hasn't been getting his game and his fitness and, you know, other issues that might be there. But he he is a, he's, he's a great kid. I'd hate to see him leave the club. I think I don't he, think he will leave the club. No, and I I know absolutely no. I don't I, think. I, he will. I, and I, I think if those rumours about West Ham loan have on the go, boy, well then yeah. I would imagine we have something up our sleeve because we're not we're not just going to say that you can have ASR. There you go and do nothing. That's not going to happen, right? Yeah. But do you know what? I was just thinking about this. Yes, uh, I was saying it actually. Um, Johnny Gugu, uh, a.k.a. Sparky John there on, on Friday, because I went over to the game, on, I went over for the trip on Friday. It was lovely to be able to walk to the game yesterday morning rather than get a flight, you know. But um, yeah. <laughs> saying that, like, if Smith Rowe was fit and healthy, he has the talent, right? I understand his lifestyle issues are okay, right? <laughs> so there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else, yeah. you know? And I was just saying, and I'm not insinuating that in here, but people always look at footballers from a purely cold clinical point of view to say, if you're getting 100, 150 grand a week, well, you should be able to go out and do your best all the time. But footballers have footballers have to worry about mental health as well as everything else. And I just wonder, I just wonder, and I don't want to go in to say, anybody thinking what I'm saying, Emma Smith-Rowe has mental health issues, right? I'm just saying... Sometimes when things are not going that well for somebody, there's other issues, you know? And uh, he he strikes me as a really good kid, you know? Um, and he wants to stay with Arsenal. Yeah. It's his club, you know? Um, and I really, really hope, and I hope that he gets more involved as the season goes on, because he has a lot to offer. I'm telling you one thing. If you want somebody to get Martinelli down the inside channel, there's no better man, you know, um, because he's very perceptive with his passing, you know. So yeah, do you think that's that? Do you think that's what a long move for the rest of the season? Do you think they will do Smith Road toward the goods, you know, or do you think we should keep hold of him and you know use him over the se- rest of the season? Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, like I say, he's Arsenal through and through. You could the, even the, the best atmosphere or the the loudest the crowd got yesterday was when Smith Rowe came on. There yeah, was yeah. a fantastic reception for him, yeah. uh, and then they were all singing the Sack and Emil Smith Rowe song, and you know it, it it actually lifted the crowd a bit at that stage when he yeah. came on, and it was the loudest of the whole day, louder than the Ashburton Army were all day, you know. Uh, so it just stri- it just strikes me that if we were intending to farm him out, he wouldn't have got on in seventy minutes yesterday. No, no, yeah. no. And it was good to see him get on in seventy minutes rather than eighty six yeah. minutes. You know, it's actually yeah. good. It's good to see him play, and he put in a very good shift when he came on. 
you know, he was very and uh, it was fabulous to see it, you know. Um, so look, I, I don't want, I, I do not want him to leave at all. Um, I love players coming through from from Hayland. I'd love to see them in the squad. I think it gives us another dimension when you've got homegrown players there uh, who, who it, it means something to them about the club. You know, they, 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 they've been there since they yeah. were kids and they get their passion about it and it helps. I remember, I remember saying to a couple of you in back in the days we were in the Grand Social about six years ago. I think Emil Smith Rowe is 23 now, so he was about 17 at the time. And um, uh, I was saying... At the time, Ozil was still important for us, and uh, I was saying that um, we don't have to worry about a replacement for him because we, we, we this kid is yeah. stunningly good, you know. Uh, or as Sergeant Brown would say, "Hey, hey, Mo, who's that? Ozil, Ozil." Huh. <laughs> yeah. I love so, him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think oh. we have to remember as well. He has had his injuries, hasn't he? You know, when he's just been, you know, when he was coming, you know, coming good in the international side as well. He wasn't fit for a year, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the truth of it. He wasn't fit for a year, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah he it's, went under a knife twice for that groin operation, you know? Yeah, it's tough. Tough at that young age, isn't it, you know, to keep bouncing back, you know, especially in a side that's constantly adding quality. You know, you don't want to be left behind as well, you know, because in fairness yeah. to Teddy, he's put these players on another level. Since he's come in, you know you can see that you know they're, uh, they're, that that eleven that we have, it's world beaten, you know. Um, yeah, and yeah, five nil leaves us uh, in tour place. It's still very much in the mix for the the title, you know. It's it's still all to play for, you know, and still have to play the big teams. Absolutely, I mean, I was taking stock of this yesterday. I was thinking, you know. We wanted to be in the Champions League. We're planted in the last 16. And I'm telling you, folks, I'm not being delusional here. Right? There's, outside of Man City, there's not a lot in that Champions League <laughs> that you'd actually say they're better than us. Really? Outside of Man City. Right? Um, we're in the mix up in the top four, not far off the top. You know, we could get a few wins and see where it takes us. So, like, we're in a good place, you know? If we can get that team playing with a bit of confidence, we're a bit short on numbers at the moment. I'd like to see Thomas Party become available again. Yeah. But just be, before we leave the, the, the other thing, I was actually talking to an old friend of mine about Emil Smith-Rowe, and he said he's a great fan. It was uh, Cam Barlow. And he said, <laughs> uh, he said about uh, that every time he was sitting down with Deirdre, and he looked at Smith Rowe's injuries. What would he say? Oh, but it's so frustrating, Deirdre. So I um, just wanted to get that in. Ken, if you're still listening today, you know, um, I think you're 104 tomorrow or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's good to so, have uh, look, Ken back on the show again. <laughs> good to have Ken back on the show. You know. By the way, an update from the President of Ireland. Be careful out there, Gunners. The wind is swirling, swirling. Right, just uh, <laughs> Michael. D. Michael D is always a, a a good listener to the show. So um, anyway, that was yesterday. You're a man of the match, Eamon, from yesterday. Hi, Harvards. Yeah, that's that's nice to hear. You know, to, um, I probably would have given mine. I thought Gabrielle had a great game yesterday. You know, mm. um, 
I thought set piece boys he's really you can see he's really worked on as yeah. Uh, you see, Jonathan, I, I, I'm not saying like one is right and one is wrong. Like Gabriel was excellent yesterday, but again, from where Matt and I were sitting, we could see early doors even before we scored the goal. Havertz was moving into all sorts of gaps. He was he was constant movement, you know. And as Matt said, um, constant movement, and then his control and pass, control and pass, not giving the ball away. It was moving the opposition around. It really was. It, it, he would, and I, I don't know whether it was you said to me or I said to you um, uh, after the game, they took our best player off. <laughs> you know? But yeah. look, he'd he, he done a great shift. And I, I, I think the reception he got when he was leaving the field kind of tells you all you needed to know about how he played yesterday, you know? So for me, he's the best performance you've seen of him at the Emirates. Oh, by, by a mile. By, by a mile. mile. So the reset has We're in the EU by by 1.6 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough for me. That's improvement. Um, Matt, your man of the match from yesterday? Uh, same. We actually uh, well, I met Eamon in the pub after, and the first thing, the first bit of conversation we had was about Kai Havertz. You know, I said to Eamon, I walked in, Kai Havertz, what do you think? And we both agreed the same thing. Uh, I think I think there was a lot of a lot of decent performances out there yesterday. A lot of very decent performances. I think Zinchenko had a very good good game too. In fairness to him, uh, Gabriel, you know, you can't fault him. And Martinelli for ten minutes uh, was exceptional as well. But uh, overall, I think Kai Havertz for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there's a know on our. <laughs> WhatsApp group, there's a picture of him in an Aussie, <laughs> and he, yeah. stand, he was standing vertically, which so it was a good afternoon. By, by oh. all. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, that, uh, we're down to be preview next week's um fixture because it's the FA Cup weekend next weekend, so we have another 10 day rest before the next game against Forest, which hopefully plays into our hands. You know, um, um, the only disappointing thing, I suppose, about the weekend. Is I Darcy to win 4 0. I would have had a nice few bobbing that. Martinelli ruined that one. And then I had Tony to score first. And he goes to score second. But I know Tony had a few quid on first to score first. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Ivan Tony thing that went up uh, yeah. today? Yeah. yeah, he had first to first, uh, score first. Yeah. <laughs> um, currently, it's Bournemouth nil, Liverpool nil. So if Bournemouth can hold out for the next 75 oh, minutes. I'm going to tune into that now in a minute, yeah. Um, yes, um, I have to say, our last couple of shows has gone down really well, viewer-wise as well. That's um, our season uh, re- mid-term review there last week and the show beforehand, so um, going all guns there. Um, is there anything um, Dublin Arsenal Sports Club-wise uh, you'd like to mention, Eamon? No, I think um, I, I think we're ticking along. I think... Um, the, we've managed to get um, expectation under control and I think we're still getting thankfully um, a good allocation of tickets from the club and we're trying to manage that the best we can um, so yeah all good and uh, next game against Forest um, I'm probably going for that one um, Tuesday night that one is yeah Tuesday night yeah yeah um, would you like anything mentioned yourself Matt no no um Jesus, what else? No, there's nothing really, Johnson. I think we've we've covered quite a bit there today. 
Yeah, really good show, lads. Um, all within the 40-minute mark for our listeners. <laughs> uh, as I said, at the start of the show next week, we'll be doing a special show on our all-time uh, best Premier League eleven from the start to present day. So that should be a good one. Um, as always, you can catch our show on the Dublin Arsenal YouTube channel. Thanks to Martin for putting this up, as always. Uh, and also catch us on Spotify, Twitter and Instagram and our Facebook page. Thanks, as always, to Eamon. Thanks for coming on today, pal. And Matt, both, both fresh face from yesterday's 5 0 trashing and heading into Stormisha. I think we've done pretty well in 42 yeah. minutes today. But, but you, know, you, you, know, you know what David O'Leary said about Stormisha? Get on with it. As I said, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, a storm is a storm. Get on with it. <laughs> Nothing like a storm to get ours back playing in top form again. Um, Thanks for listening, lads. Uh, as always, please um, comment, like, and subscribe, and have a good week. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. See you. Bye bye. Bye bye.